The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're still coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network. Let me see who else do we have out there. Uh, Exome Broadcast Network and, of course, our good friends at iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxonatexxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is no stranger to the Exxon. His name is Dr. John Brandenburg. He is a plasma physicist working as a consultant at Morning, Morningstar Applied Physics, LLC, and a part-time instructor of astronomy, physics, and mathematics at Madison College, another learning institution in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, instead of me going on about his credentials, why don't we just bring him on, Craig? And uh, <laughs> Dr. John, how are you, my friend? Oh, it's a, a great Rob, and it's a great honor to be back on your show on the XO. You know, we love having you with us, John. Uh, but usually we talk about science. We talk about Mars. Uh, but tonight- Yeah, I know. Here tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about what you could call the paranormal. Uh, But what's interesting is when you get into quantum physics, the boundary between the normal and the, uh, or the natural and the supernatural begins to get a little fuzzy uh, because some of quantum mechanics uh, becomes metaphysics. Um, uh, Example we begin uh, our book with, uh, America at Armageddon, is that Feynman uh, and Wheeler, two brilliant uh, guys, and Feynman, of course, got Nobel Prize for physics, quantum physics, in uh, 1964. They were able to prove that every electron in our head as it moves is not only receiving messages from the past, you know, like from four light years, four, four years ago from Alpha Centauri, but also from four years in the future. And if you did not have that information from the future, all you get is infinities. Nothing worked. So you have to have a balance between messages from the past, just like everybody else gets. You know, you turn on the TV and the light moves from the screen to your eyes. Yeah. Over a, you know, and, but you also have to get messages from the future. It means every electron in our heads is an oracle of the future. And that is solid physics. Now you, you speak of two clocks that are running that yes. people inside and outside the government are watching. What are they, John? Well, there's, of course, the, the clock that a lot of us are, have been watching. That's the uh, clock of extraterrestrial disclosure, when the government will begin uh, acknowledging to the public that we're not alone in the universe and that it has, uh, that it, that it has strong evidence of that. Now, that is happening very slowly, <laughs> glacially. Yeah. But there's another clock uh, down in the um, cellars of the uh, Defense Intelligence uh, Building, or CIA, wherever you like. And that clock also gathers attention, and that clock appears to be the countdown to biblical Armageddon. And as you know, the the U.S. government got interested in the paranormal with remote viewing. Mm -hmm. And without going into details... This also, this other clock, 
um, that runs in addition to the, the ET disclosure clock is also being watched. And what uh, my co-author and I have done, we revisited a very peculiar thing that occurs in the Bible, where the Bible appears to be talking in the book of Revelations and also very importantly in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament about symbolic geopolitics involving a lion, a bear, mm -hmm. a dragon, mm -hmm. a leopard. Uh, the leopard, by the way, is also, is also on the Great Shield of Canada, three leopards actually. It's a, a Central European symbol, uh, Germany. France. And um, these are all present in the Bible, especially in the book of Revelations, and what is also present is an eagle. And people have, of course, studied the Bible, especially the King James Bible, uh, late into the night for hundreds of years. What has happened now, however, is we have new translations of the Bible that actually draw on Greek scriptures that are older than the ones used in the court of King James. The King James Bible, by the way, I love it. I love the Shakespeare. Uh, I am, by the way, just an Episcopalian. Uh, however, in my youth, uh, my parents joined a Pentecostal church, and mm -hmm. being the firstborn son, I dutifully followed them. Uh, about that time, I got my draft notice. I was A1. I was ready to go into, into the Army and the Yom Kippur War broke out. So I became instantly <laughs> an expert on biblical, <laughs> uh, uh, biblical prophecy. But what has happened is in the book of Revelations, a word has changed in the New International Version based on the most ancient Greek scriptures, and that word is angel has changed into eagle. And suddenly this tips the scales in Revelations, what has happened is the United States has appeared in the book of Revelation. How do we and know for a fact, John? Every other people are talking about this also. John, how do, how do we know, John? John, how do we know that the eagle is a depiction of the United States of America? Uh, oh, we don't really know that. Uh, we, we know from the book of Daniel, mm -hmm. where Daniel has a dream about... Uh, several creatures, one of which is a lion, mm -hmm. who has wings of an eagle. The eagle's wings are plucked off. It's made to stand up and, and talk and act as a man. Then we have a bear that says, devour much flesh. Um, and then we have um, a leopard with four wings. Then we finally have a terrible beast that's too terrible to describe, that is interpreted as, and these are, by the way, interpreted in Daniel as representing kingdoms, nations, or consortiums of nations. Now, the eagle is now commonly uh, believed to represent the United States because England, which had great, you know, helped the uh, nation of Israel come to, into being and thus would be a biblical kind of player, um, it had the United States as its colonies and those, the eagle's wings that they were then plucked off and the United States became a separate nation and was not a dominion like Canada or Australia or New Zealand. So this is why people believe that the eagle does represent the United States in the Bible. But what has happened now is that has been strongly amplified in the book of Revelations. But the book of Revelations is being highly contested since it was oh, written. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. You know, so, you know, when you look at the Bible, I don't know how anybody can take anything seriously in it. Well, for instance, the Bible predicted that the nation of Israel would be reborn. Well, of course. You and, know, you know no, one, no one could have predicted that. It was, it was scattered to the four winds for 2,000 years. It was mm -hmm. destroyed by the Romans because they staged a revolt against the Romans. But, but doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't it make sense, John, that if the Israelites were God's chosen people, that one day the nation of Israel would rise again? Well, and how do we know that? It's because of the Bible. The right. Bible then predicted that the nation of Israel would be reborn and would retake Jerusalem, which it has. Yes, but how many predictions... These, in things, the... are, these things are, you know historical facts 
and they were predicted in the Bible. But how many other predictions in the Bible have not come through? Um, well, a 200 million man army being fielded by a, dra- a nation state represented as a dragon, that hasn't happened yet, but mm-hmm. it could happen. It could. Time in history. Yeah. We also have uh, the prediction that in the future, people will receive a mark on their forehead or mm-hmm. their palm of their hands, without which they can make no financial transaction. Yeah. And this looks like a chip. Yeah. And people are being implanted with chips as we speak in Sweden as an experiment. Well, you know, my, my dogs and cats were chipped. That's right. Yeah. So there, there's many people then say, well, it's only logical we should do that for people. Mm-hmm. I myself prefer to have my chips in my credit card, in my wallet. But these things are now possible for the first time in history, whereas before they were not possible. There was no chance of a 200 million man army mm-hmm. from any nation state. And the idea of controlling every financial transaction in a society was impossible. People would just barter or have coins. Well, that's but because. Now could that, control it. Well, that's because the technology wasn't available back then. That's right. All right, so stand by, so, John. We've got to take our break. Exonation, Dr. John Brandenburg is our guest this hour. And when we come back, we'll be talking more about end time prophecies. Are we in the end times? Well, We'll keep discussing this as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiak's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of the Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest and armed with over 40 years experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Wilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk.
Exonation, Dr. John Brandenburg is our special guest this hour. And uh, John, let me ask you this. Does that mean when we were talking about the changing of the word from... Uh, eagle. What, what was it, angel or angle to eagle? Oh, angel. I'm sorry. Angel. I may have, whispered, okay. may, may have uh, miswritten that. You know, I deal with angles a lot yeah. in the physics. Yeah, so... so <laughs> Does that mean every reference to the word angel in the Bible is eagle? Oh, oh, no, no, no. It is just in one verse in Revelations. And in fact, to the best of our knowledge, uh, my co-author and I, it is the only word, substantive change of wording in the entire New Testament due to the new uh, translations. And uh, so basically the King James Bible is a very good version of the Bible based on the most ancient scriptures we have, copy of the scriptures we have, which were in Greek, the, which was the language of the Middle East in those days of Jesus. But um, now we have in verse um, 8, 13, chapter 8, verse 13, uh, that there's a vision of this angel flying through the sky, warning the world of the wrath of God to come and basically calling on the earth to repent. And suddenly it has changed from being an angel to being an eagle. Now, the first mention of an eagle in uh, Revelations mm-hmm. is the, the writer of Revelations has this vision, and he sees the throne of God, and he sees standing by the throne of God uh, a lion, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. ox, uh, a man and an eagle, and he also sees 24 elders with crowns, and they all throw their crowns in front of the throne of God, pledging their allegiance. And people, and as you're as you're aware, and I'm very aware, the Bible is a difficult book to interpret. This is highly symbolic, but what does it symbolize? Let's just say that it is conveying information based on our best um, understanding, this depicts an alliance of nations aligned with God. And, of course, the whole book of Revelations is about Mm -hmm. the events leading up to the return of Christ. By the way, we make no attempt to predict when Jesus is going to return. That's a a fool's game, and we don't—we look at just scenarios, geopolitical scenarios. But this group of nations— if we look at the modern symbols, England has always been symboled, symbolized as a lion. Uh, the man apparently symbolizes England in its later manifestation as a great humanitarian nation, and it would be you know, Canada, um, Australia, New Zealand, and its other colonies. Mm-hmm. The ox apparently can represent India. The eagle, of course, would represent the United States. And what you have is the Western alliance depicted standing next to God with 24 other nations in alignment with it, kind of a holy alliance. Now, this, of course, is just what happened in World War I and World War II. The United States, England, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the other Commonwealth nations, as well as Latin America, all formed a grand alliance together against evil in the world, and they were successful. Now, if the United States is this eagle, what it, the, the later mention of the eagle is, is a great dragon tries to drown a woman that looks like, apparently symbolizes Israel, with a great flood out of its mouth. And there's a discussion then of a 200 million man army. Now, a flood is a common biblical symbol of an army, a vast mm-hmm. army. But it says that Israel is rescued by the two wings of an eagle, meaning the United States somehow intervenes and rescues Israel from this terrible threat to its existence. Israel lies at the end of the Silk Road that ran through Central Asia, and which is still the main land invasion route between the Far East and um, the Mediterranean world. This is where the Mongols came and ended up killing about one-third of uh, humanity as it existed in the 1200s. So 
Um, anyway, the symbol of the angel flying, warning the world, and now turning to an eagle, tips the scale that this angel is somehow a nation aligned with God, as, of course, we always want to see the United States doing. So the United States would be fulfilling, in this interpretation, its traditional role as the head of the Western Alliance, mm-hmm. guarding humanitarian values in the world. So what do you think is going to happen based on the research that you've done? Well, it appears, um, and by the way, you know, there are a lot of good books. Late Great Planet Earth is a great book, and it talks about the interpretations of revelations. And, you know, Hal Lindsey's interpretation is fairly conventional. The only exception between difference between his books and our book is our book says the United States is going to be alive and well at the um, run-up to Armageddon mm-hmm. and fighting against the forces of evil represented by the Antichrist. But um, apparently there's going to be a revival of the Roman Empire. This is a and a great dictator will arise in Europe, who is called the Antichrist. And he's a very significant figure in the Bible. He's found uh, very prominently in the book of Daniel, in the Gospels, and um, the letters, and finally, Revelation. And this great world dictator uh, ends up going to Jerusalem, where the temple has been rebuilt. And of course, that hasn't happened. But on the mosque of uh, the the temple mount is a mosque well the the building of a temple the building of a temple in jerusalem could that signa- could that be equated to uh president trump moving the us embassy to jerusalem well this has made a lot of evangelical christians in this country very happy because um you know is, is the capital of israel is Jerusalem, or it always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but as far as rebuilding the um, the actual temple on the Temple Mount, um, this is a an event which is basically predicted to happen now. And you can imagine what kind of crisis that would create. Um, so it's a um, as to people who are Christians, but we're also scientists, and we are basically work together as mm-hmm. defense analysts um, in Washington, D.C. We see scenarios of great crises in the Middle East in the future. And um, there was an ancient king uh, named Antiochus Epiphanes who actually went to the temple and erected a statue of himself as God. And uh, this caused a revolt in Israel, and um, um, so he he did what the Antichrist is predicted to do in the future. Uh, but right now, back in those days, there was an actual temple. It was a wonder of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where Jesus, of course, uh, went and taught. Um, but before Jesus' time, this Greek king had gone and done this. So uh, that was apparently a dress rehearsal. For what's going to happen in the future, but the but the I Greeks had to, the, what's that? The Greeks had a totally different religious philosophy than than uh, than than Christianity. They believed in multiple gods, and they believed in right. You know, so so if he made an image of himself to be God, well, you know, that's not far from what the Bible says in the book of Genesis. And God said, "Let us create man in our image, in our likeness." Therefore, if I am made in the image and the likeness of God, I myself am a God. Well, uh, it's true. And Jesus himself says of humanity, Mm. you are gods. Yeah. Um, But it's a... um, This king was regarded as uh, insane (laughs) by all of his contemporaries. (laughs) I mean, he, he, he was off his meds really bad uh, when he did this, and uh, the result was that there was this enormous revolt in mm-hmm. Israel against his uh, empire. Uh, he ended up fighting the Romans in the West, 
the uh, the revived Persian Empire in the east and uh, the Israel Israelis who had uh, staged this rigor revolt. They retook Jerusalem, and this is where we get the um, festival of Hanukkah because they cleansed the temple and relit the holy candle, and it burned for eight days, even though they had, had hardly had any oil. So this is where Hanukkah comes from, is the expulsion of this king's... Uh, by the way, uh, even, even though the Greeks basically imagined the gods as looking just like people, mm-hmm. and um, this act of placing a, te- a statue of himself in the Holy of Holies uh, in Jerusalem was considered by the Romans and the surrounding Greek uh, peoples as, as a sign that this guy had completely lost his mind. In fact, he was, uh, <laughs> even in those days, they had puns. And the Antiochus Epiphanes means God manifest. Antiochus, God manifest. And people mispronounced it to Epiphanes, which means um, uh, Antiochus, the, the, the madman, someone who's lost his mind. And so there was a precedent for this happening. Um, I will tell you, I didn't study, um, despite the fact that I studied end-time prophecy when I was about to be drafted into the army and sent uh, when the... All right, John, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there because I have to go to my uh, news break at the bottom of the hour. Exclamation, oh, Dr. John Brandenburg, and I will return after this break talking more about end-time prophecies. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365 Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. And welcome back, everyone. Dr. John Brandenburg is my special guest. John, is there a website where our listeners can go to and find out more about you and the books you have? Uh, uh, yes, there is. Uh, it's called lifeonmars.pub. Uh, uh, right now I'm in the process of modifying it to include this mm-hmm. uh, new uh, book. Uh, but mostly, basically what it talks about right now is Mars. Um, as you know, Rob, I'm a sort of person who has roved uh, the boundaries of ordinary existence. And uh, I myself avoided studying end-time prophecy for a long time simply because I, I wanted to have a very optimistic view of the future. Right. But with the rise of China, which apparently is uh, symbolized in Revelations as the dragon and the depiction of a war in space, between the forces of the dragon and the forces of um, some somebody, some angelic host, um, we must kind of start looking to see what is shaping up in the future. We're we're basically staring ahead with night vision goggles on binoculars, trying to make out faint shapes in the distance, and this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the evolution of what looks like end-time scenarios with the symbol, geopolitical symbols used in the Bible as being representative of nations of the present day, the dragon, the lion, uh, the bear, and the eagle. But once again, John, how can, we, how can we take a book that has been written so many thousands of years ago that was edited at the Council of Nicaea? Yes. We don't, we, we've got basically an abridged version. How do we know what's not in there in order to place so much, you know, so much, so much trust and faith into a book that has been altered so many times that we don't know what the true version is? I, I, I like to tell my friends at the Episcopalian Church where I go that the two great trials of Christianity in the, the, the early times of the Church were that first it was persecuted by the Roman Empire— that was the first great trial. The second great trial, it was adopted as the state religion <laughs> by the Roman Empire. And Emperor Constantine, you know, I don't know, most people don't think he was that devout a Christian. Yeah. But he, he convened all these elders to put together the Bible, as we now have it. And um, he, he uh, you know, so there was, it became part of this power structure of the Roman Empire, and uh, that always means that either the Roman Empire or the Church, the, the Christianity, must suffer, and apparently both of them did. And um, so your point is well taken. What we have uh, as our accepted Bible is the result of a bunch of political maneuvering, yeah. and many books were left out. Um, unless you believe there is a supernatural entity much more powerful than the human race that is moving behind the scenes to get its desires done, um, you probably couldn't take the Bible seriously. But Well, let me ask you this, John. I'm an, Episcop- I'm an Episcopalian. What well, can I say? Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this, John. You're, you're a dad or a mom. You're a dad, right? I'm a dad. I'm a granddad. Oh, gosh. God bless you. You know... <laughs> How, how can we put faith in a creator who has done more to kill his own children than anything else in history? Why do we revere him? You know, if he is the creator of one and all, you know, you've got him killing mm-hmm. other people in Sodom and Gomorrah, you've got the great flood. You know, there's so many times when he has destroyed. Why, you know, once again, why praise him? Why glorify him? Well, um, we know that the... The you know the, the universe as we understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about looking at the big, literally the big picture. Right. 
the universe is a very violent place. Uh, it began with a giant explosion, which wiped out what may have been a previous universe. Um, there's supernovas going off that wipe, that sterilize uh, whole sections of the galaxy mm-hmm. when that happens. And um, the, you know, uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah could have been wiped out by an asteroid. Who knows? But all right, well, uh, well, hold on here, hold on here. Or the, Beca- or the, or the, I'm sorry. Because what you're saying is that you're giving me an explanation based on science of creation. And yet you're yes. telling me, on the other hand, that we should believe what the Bible says c- pertaining to the end of the world. You know, it's, it's a double-sided sword, and you can't have both sides of this argument. Well, remember, I believe in quantum physics. So things are, is the cat alive, is Schrodinger's cat alive or dead? We don't know till we open the can, do we? And um, I will just say that um, if you believe in God, the God of the Bible, uh, then you believe that he presides over a universe that has both life and death and destruction and creation. And uh, why does God allow evil things to happen? I I don't know. I don't know. And um, my my father was a, and my uncles mm-hmm. were all World War II combat veterans. Right. One of my uncles never came home. And um, my other two uncles on my mother's side, um, one of them had been part of Patton's army, and we never even knew it because he never would say a word about it. We only basically found out about it in the last months of, of his life when he talked about it. And he talked about meeting the Russian army at the River Elbe and the Russians handing out vodka to him and all the rest of the American troops. That was the only thing he would t- say about his World War II experience. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was unspeakable. My father was on a bomber over Germany. Um, three-quarters of his squadron was shot down. I know that evil exists that bad things happen, and I have no explanation for why God allows it to happen. Um, All I can say is I think the world is better off because of Christianity. Let me ask Uh, you, John. In other religions, you have Vishnu, the god who's uh, both the creator and destroyer. Well, that's because we live in a binary existence. If we have good, we must have evil. Listen, uh, are there end-time prophecies that correlate with the end-time prophecies in the Bible and other religious philosophies? Um, I'm not... I'm not really sure about that. I haven't studied those things. Uh, um, Of course, you know, the Old Testament is the Holy Scriptures of the Jewish faith. The Torah, right. And the book of Daniel is as extensive discussions of of the you know what they call the advent of the messiah mm-hmm. and uh, that's where we get a lot of our ideas about what's called the abomination of desolation the desecration of the temple by this great dictator and um kind of a hitler-like figure uh but so that's the book of daniel um as far as other faiths. Um, I know the Islamic faith uh, recently in the middle of this ISIS uh, war with ISIS, it came out that ISIS was obsessed with end-time prophecies. Uh, That they considered that they were playing some role in some kind of end-time scenario. And um, this is how they justified in fact massacring (laughs) all sorts of Christians uh, and any Muslim who didn't agree with mm-hmm. them. And um, so I, all I can say is, is that I know that the Jewish faith pays great attention to the circumstances of, you know, what they consider the, the advent of the Messiah, the, and which we regard as the, second, as the return of Christ. Um, and that's in the book of Daniel, but it's also in some of the other books, uh, Isaiah particularly. Um, one of the really peculiar things is in the book of Micah is the mention of a bald eagle. It's the mention of 
people's children being taken away into exile, and it says, make your head bald like an eagle, and the bald eagle is only indigenous to the United States. I mean, to, to uh, North America. But, but isn't it Golden true, John? Eagle John is found in the Middle East, but John, there is no bald eagle in the Middle East. John, isn't it also true that the word that the scholars, some scholars take for eagle, other scholars take for vultures, and if that is the case, uh, the vulture yes, is bald? I, of course, checked that very carefully. Mm-hmm. And the word uh, for vulture is commonly, it's, it's dia, it's a, it's a Hebrew word. And um, the word in Hebrew for uh, eagle is nestor. So they are two very distinct words. But not in Greek. Obviously, people in ancient times... Uh, oh, in, in, oh, in Greek, yes. um, uh, the word um, atos is uh, eagle. Uh, I don't okay. know what the word for vulture is. Uh, do you know offhand? But, but anyway, they're... they're they're very distinct words. People in ancient times mm-hmm. knew perfectly well the difference between an eagle, who is a predator, and a vulture, who basically waits things for things to die on the. But bones. a vulture, now, a vulture is oh, bald. Vultures are bald. Exactly. But the that verse in the, I've referred to in Micah it refers to an eagle. Or it is depending on and or depending on the interpretation, or a vulture. Well. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Stand uh, by, John. Exonation, Dr. John Brandenburg and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Whether you're a skeptic believer, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and check out the fine programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network and iHeartRadio at www.xzbn.net. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 
to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. John Brandenburg is our guest. And one more time, uh, John, give our listeners your uh, website. Oh, it's uh, lifeonmars.pub. Life on Mars. Oh, there's a good idea. Let's go to the pub and read all about Mars. Let's go have a beer. There you go. (laughs) Where where does China... A pint of of stout. There you go. Guinness, love it. Uh, Where where does China fit into this uh, picture? Uh, China apparently is symbolized by the dragon in Revelations, and uh, or also it's called the serpent. And mm-hmm. the traditional dra- uh, dragon symbol in China is very serpentine. Um, we didn't put that in the Bible. The the only mention really of a dragon in the Bible is in Revelations, and it speaks in terms of it being an enemy of Israel, um, a source of this enormous army. 200 million men, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this is one of the things that, for Paul Murad and I, who he was in the, uh, he's a para- former paratrooper uh, and also 28-year veteran of the Defense Intelligence Agency, um, and uh, so the emergence of China as an economic and now military superpower is, of course, very disturbing, and of course, there it is in Revelations, the dragon. And um, there was no nation symbolized by the dragon around in ancient times, uh, in Roman times. So, uh, but, and also, by the way, there is no war between the eagle and the dragon, maybe in space, but, uh, or even between, um, there, there doesn't seem to be, there seems to be an absence of great power confrontation which is significant because if you imagine that um, everyone has nuclear weapons, then you can't really have a big, uh, a great power major war. Uh, There are clashes in the Middle East, as there always have been, um, but there's, let us say that there was a great dictatorship established in continental Europe. By the way, England in my view, showing its good sense, has now separated itself from the uh, European continent. Um, And uh, I don't think we should judge them for that. The British people have always shown great sense. Uh, Look at us. (laughs) And um, so I think that uh, what is going to happen is um, you will have a immense, dicta- hideous dictatorship reestablish itself in Europe, which has happened before, mm-hmm. of course. And, uh, but the United States and Britain and the Western, other Western allies, Australia, Canada, uh, New Zealand, we won't be able to do much about that directly. Uh, we might be able to go in and rescue Israel uh, through the um, um, North Africa or something like that. But we can't we can't invade uh, Europe like a Normandy invasion because that would involve a nuclear war. Let me ask you this: and, Why you know like why do you think Israel is going to play such a significant part in the future? Well, it's Israel sits on the land bridge between Eurasia and Africa, and it is also where next to where all the oil is. So. It's, but, it, but Israel I, itself... I had, a, well, I had a Jewish show, woman friend, and I asked her once, I said, why did, why did you have to put your, 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 your nation in such a sensitive place? And she said, well, we wanted to be the center of attention. <laughs> They're basically on the land bridge between Eurasia and Africa, and they were always in the center of the great uh, trade routes. The Silk Road, in fact, terminated in Israel, even in ancient, uh, in, in the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. or the late Roman Empire. So it's, um, it's very strange. I don't understand it. Because but, Israel... Uh, Israel, Israel is, still a, is still a, it, 
still a major player in the world, even though it's a very small nation. But Israel doesn't have many natural resources, for goodness sake. Why would anybody want Israel? Uh, that's a very good question. It is a strategic land bridge, um, but... Um, or does it have more right to do with... Or does it have more to do with religion? It has more to do with religion than anything else, I believe. Uh, its religious significance mm -hmm. is just paramount in the world. Uh, you know, um, and Israel is a small country, but it has only and it has only one nation state that is its true friend in the world, and. But that just happens to be the world's superpower, the United States. And um, so the, and apparently the United States intervenes in a massive way in revelations to save Israel. Um, so the United States, uh, the, the kind of the message of our, the bottom line of our book is the United States will be alive and well. Um, at the Battle of Armageddon, and we'll be fighting on the right side, as much as that will disappoint uh, certain certain people. Um, so what's the timeline here, Israel John? Israel will be a helper to Israel. So what's the timeline here, John? Oh, we were very careful not to get into timelines. We decided that the... The geopolitical scenarios we looked, like, looked at looked like they could be in the near future in the next couple decades. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, we, um, we did not want to get into predictions of, um, of actual timelines simply because um, that's, that's deep water and a whole bunch of people have uh, drowned in it. But if you're making if you're making predictions based yes. on the Bible, why not go all the way? Why stop halfway? Oh, um, we just uh, felt it was sufficient to simply say that uh, geopolitical scenarios that seem to be predicted symbolically in the mm -hmm. Bible appear to be taking shape, and that this would um, be happening. Um, in the near future, but we don't know how near. But you're also giving yourself uh, uh, an easy way out in case these predictions don't come true. Well, uh, I will tell you, uh, Rob, that I know better than to say that I understand mm -hmm. the Bible, especially the book of Daniel and the book of Revelations, uh, in any, you know, anything more than a vague way. Right. Just trying to do the best we can. Um, uh, and um, we have seen what appears to be biblically prophesied events already occur, the restoration of Israel, its retaking of Jerusalem. Um, and um, we don't know um, we don't know the timelines for things like the rebuilding of the temple mm -hmm. or the appearance of oh, <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> One thing that was hilarious was somebody was trying to convince a radio audience that uh, Prince Charles <laughs> of England was the Antichrist. <laughs> oh, we all know it's Donald Trump, but anyway. <laughs> Donald Trump, yes. <laughs> well, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Actually, I, I heard a lot of people think it was uh, President Obama. Well, there were... I, I certainly heard that opinion yeah. also, but I've uh, r right now just well, you know, Vladimir Putin is considered uh, another candidate. Um, mm. By the way, the new president of China is now um, having his own thought uh, grafted into the constitution of China as the guiding light of China. So he is following in the footsteps of Mao Zedong, who was one of the great mass murders of history. So. Well, um, well, I'll tell you something. I've got more could, uh, of a concern and interest in what's happening with North Korea than I do with China or the Middle East. Oh, well, the North Korean uh, thing is a, an enormous headache. Uh, and um, when I was in Washington, D.C., working um, mm -hmm. with the intelligence community on space uh, 
considerations. Uh, we spent must have spent three quarters of our time worrying about uh, North Korea, even then, because it was apparent that they were trying to develop nuclear weapons, and unfortunately, they have a several million man army. They have 25 percent of their male population under arms. Wow. Uh, 200, if China puts um, only 20% of its population, male population, under arms, that will be an army of 200 million men. So that prophecy could occur now for the first time in history. But North Korea, uh, unfortunately, it borders on both China and Russia, and so you cannot contain a conflict on the North Korean on the Korean Peninsula, it's you know the United States um, intervened in Korea back in uh, 1950s, yeah. the 1950s, and uh, it, it as soon as it began to settle that thing divisive, decisively, uh, China joined the war mm-hmm. with Russian support, and um, so. Um, it's it's an almost impossible situation. I think the solution there is to go to space, uh, kind of strategic defense in space, uh, so that any nuclear missile launched from um, Korea would be intercepted before it reached the United States. Hey, John, I hate to do this, buddy, but our time is up for tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining All us. All right. You Rob, take... thank you so much for having me on All your right, show. John, always a great pleasure. And Nation, I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. 
You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.